Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. A day after National Second Signing Day. National Signing Day. But nobody really signed. Either way, this is your National Signing Day reaction show. Glad uh, glad to see you guys on this. It's now Thursday on this Thursday. So th- there was a couple prospects that signed uh, yesterday. One, uh, I-, I guess, was not committed before he actually signed. But I had talked about uh, these two guys with you earlier in the week. They both ended up committing to Ole Miss. There was one more that they were after. He ended up going to Mississippi State on the defensive line. And here's the thing about that. You are never, no matter what people say, ever going to sign every player inside of the state. It's never going to happen. No matter how much money you have, no matter how much money they, they don't have, or vice versa, or whatever. No matter how good your program is, no matter how bad their program is, or vice versa, you are never locking down the entire state. So if your strategy is we're going to own Mississippi, you're going to lose. Because it has never worked that way, at least since I've lived here, and it never will. There will always be players that will go to one or the other. Always. You're not locking down the entire state. Now, you can do better in this state than others, but you're going to miss on some prospects in Mississippi. Some are going to sign with Mississippi State. Some are going to sign with Ole Miss forever. It's always going to go down that way. So when you hear people say, well, you know, we need to lock down the state of Mississippi, you can try and you can be successful, not totally successful, though. Like this upcoming class in 2024 is loaded in the state of Mississippi. You're not signing them all. Nobody is. You're not signing them all. It's just not going to happen. But anyway. Uh, my name, of course, is Michael Borky. I am very glad that you guys are with me. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. And also, wherever you get this podcast, if you're listening in browser, you shouldn't do that. Pull up your favorite podcast app. I would recommend Spotify, but whichever one you use, search Rebel Report, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. And this episode is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you're in the market for office technology. So anything from copiers and printers and mail machines, cloud storage, data security, if it's tech, if it's in the office and you or your business needs it, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. Again, ABSMS.com is the website. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me, absms.com. So first, uh, Ole Miss did add Chamberlain Campbell, DJ Holmes, the two guys that I talked about with you uh, earlier this week. Uh, They added them both. Both appear to be, uh, at least I think so. I could be wrong, I suppose. I have been before. I will be again. I think both of these guys are uh, project players, guys that they don't expect to come in and and play from day one. Neither of these guys are Centarian Perkins, right? They're more developmental players. One is six foot seven and 215 pounds, so he needs to add a lot of weight. And the other's a bit of a tweener. Now, he led the country in sacks, uh, don't get me wrong, but um, he's really got kind of a 
a linebacker size playing defensive end. So which what is he going to be at the next level? Clearly, there's some athleticism and, and explosiveness there. But I do find those two signatures at this point in signing day fascinating. I, I can't help but wonder if there's a slight philosophical change that is happening in Oxford. Maybe it's Pete Golding or the addition of Pete Golding. Maybe Lane Kiffin has decided to uh, be more committed to the long-term health of his program as opposed to just winning right now. Now, there's always going to be an element of win right now for Lane Kiffin, as there should be. That's what you're paid $9 million to do. You're paid to win today, not in 2028. Paid to win right now. So there's always going to be that element with him and as a fan I think you should appreciate a coach that wants to do the best he can to build the best roster on an annual basis that's just me though he's always going to use the transfer portal that's always going to be part of the equation because they think that it helps them equalize their talent compared to like Alabama and Georgia who don't have to use the portal as much because they get basically whoever they want um But I do, I can't help but wonder if there's a slight philosophical change. You've seen already that they are putting a bigger emphasis on Mississippi in 2024, in part because the class is loaded in Mississippi in 2024 compared to 2023, which there just wasn't as many in state guys that they were truly fond of. Uh, That's not necessarily the case in in 2024. I think they're going to put a greater emphasis because this state has more players that they think can play in the SEC at this level. But I, I do notice these two guys being project guys, not instant impact guys, and, and wonder if maybe they've decided to also emphasize that as well. The portal makes this difficult, uh, really difficult, uh, because you could develop these guys and they leave in a, a year or two, and that's just kind of something that you have to consider. But you're also recruiting portal guys, so it's fun. But I do see a bit of a shift, and I'm curious to know where that's coming from. But either way, these appear to be project pickups with high upsides, uh, for sure. Uh, just a little bit of developing is uh, is needed. I would call that an encouraging sign that they're uh, they're also recruiting for the future and not just for can you help me right now, but can you help me in two years? Um, I would consider that an encouraging sign uh, from a mindset of your program's leadership perspective. But that's. Um, That's just me. Either way, so yeah, signing day came and went, kind of dull. That's okay, Um, because that's kind of how it went for everybody. I believe LSU didn't sign a single player, which is the first time in program history that they didn't sign a single player on signing day. It's obviously very new, but still, it's uh, the calendar has changed, and I think that it should go back the the opposite way. So I'm actually going to play that for you right now. I talked about it a bit last night on... uh, on, on a live chat where I think that National Signing Day needs to be the first week of February, the first Wednesday of February. They need to go back to the old way for a lot of reasons. So I'm going to play that for you right now. Here's me last night. Uh, it's not something you've heard before. It wasn't on the radio show. Um, kind of my idea for why I think that Signing Day needs to go back to the traditional day, and I think it would really help college football. And more importantly, I think it would help fans – connect with their team more. So here that is. Then we'll get to more uh, Ole Miss-focused signing day stuff, Lane Kiffin and all that. But uh, here's a change that needs to happen on National Signing Day or for National Signing Day. Yeah. Uh, Bread milk sandwiches. That's what people in North Mississippi are having anyway. So here's what I want to talk about tonight, though, or or how I want to start anyway, eight minutes in, 
is I think that college football, and I tried to, I had a planned thought to talk about this on the radio show, and we ran up against a break, and then just stuff happens. Um, I think college football needs to get rid of the early signing period altogether. End it. Be done with it. And I am not coming at it from a position of, I, I sympathize with the coaches, because that's that's how some people uh, are framing this, that it's really hard on the coaches. And I understand that it is. I mean, they're in bull prep. They're, they're doing coaching search stuff. It, it happens so fast. It's hard to focus on a season when recruiting ends so quickly. It's it's a nonstop grind. I, I get all that. But one of Lane Kiffin's paychecks is many times bigger than my entire salary. I do not and cannot bring myself to feel bad for him for having to work a little bit harder than a head coach used to have to. So um, th- my position on this is not from the coaches. The millionaire coaches, th- their feelings don't impact me whatsoever. I could not possibly care less about how Lane Kiffin or Zach Arnett or Nick Saban or any of these guys. I could not possibly care less about how they feel about it. But I do think that college football needs to go back to the first Wednesday in February being signing day for essentially public relations. And here's what what I mean by that. So I'm a Saints fan, as you guys know. Um, and I was super fired up about the Sean Payton trade because we got a first-round pick back. You know, we get a first-round pick this year, traded it last year, and I immediately went to mock drafts. We're talking. I mean, the, the season's been over for weeks. The season kind of went poorly. I mean, the team wasn't particularly good. Good on defense, bad on offense, whatever. Team stunk. Season's been over for weeks. But now it's mock draft season. And now the Senior Bowl's going on. And so now I'm watching the player interviews at the Senior Bowl because I want to hear from Hendon Hooker, who I think that we should draft at 40. Anyway, uh, it gave me something when it's not football season to engage with my team, to be excited about. So I will watch Senior Bowl coverage and watch the Senior Bowl. I will look at mock drafts. I will watch the Combine and engage with the Combine. And when the draft comes, I will be rocking my Saints stuff. I'll I'll get food and I'll have a glass of whiskey and I will watch the draft and and I will be in it. And guess what's going to happen on draft night? The Saints are going to win. Why? Because that's what happens this time of year. Your team can't lose. So when they draft a player, it's a win. It's amazing. And that is something that the NFL does beautifully. And college football fails at. After the NFL season's over, you have the mock draft season. You have the senior bowl. You have the combine. You have the draft. You have OTAs. You have free agency. You have all, all that stuff that happens not during the season keeps you locked in and engaged as a fan. College football needs the same thing to happen, and signing day would be a good place to start. Because now, I've heard from enough people to know that it's real. It's getting harder and harder for college football fans to engage with their team. There's a lot more turnover than there used to be. Your roster becomes unrecognizable unless you follow portal recruiting closely, right? I mean, you look at the top 25 in college football, uh, in recruiting, I should say, the top 25 in recruiting, and when you factor in portal guys, 
these programs are adding 30, 35, uh, close to 40 players to their roster. That is over a third of your roster, more than that, in a lot of cases, are completely turned over. And it's not all happening at once. It is. It happens in December. It happens in February. The portal also opens in January, but then it opens in May. But these guys can kind of sign any time. It's so hard to keep track of how, like, who's on your team. It's harder to establish a, a love and connection to the individual players when some of them are only there for a year. Like, you sign this great player if you're Ole Miss and Igbenosin, and guess what? He's gone after a year. Or you get a one-year rental in Troy Brown, and he's gone after a year. And example after example, Ra Ra Thomas at Mississippi State. You got to enjoy him for a little bit, but he's gone. And so he in comes a new wide receiver that you've never seen play before. You don't know who he is. You don't know what his story is. It's hard to keep track of that, as well as the schools do a terrible job at this point of getting you to know these people. The schools have to do a much better job of engaging the fan with the team. Fan days need to come back. And I think charging for interviews is is a bad look or, or, or tone deaf or whatever you want to call it. And Jason, you disagree with me, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you, but it's, it's getting increasingly harder for fans to engage with and, and connect with their team. And you're asking them to buy season tickets, which are getting more and more expensive every year. Traveling to games is getting more and more expensive. You're asking them to donate to the university to be able to buy the season tickets. And now you're asking them to donate to the salaries of the players when the schools are worth uh, Mississippi State's budget's over 100 million, Ole Miss is like 130 million. So, so you're bringing in over 100 plus million dollars a year. And you're asking them to buy tickets and overpay. You're asking them to donate. You're asking them to pay the salaries of the players. And now you're going to charge them to see interviews? and behind-the-scenes stuff, you're making it harder for fans to connect with players. So that's a separate issue, but it's an all-encompassing point. It's harder for fans to connect with players. But you know what would help? Is if days like signing day, it all happened at the same time. And it all happened with nothing else going on. The early signing period happened, what, a week before Christmas? So season just ended. The coaching carousel's going on. The NFL season's still in full swing. You've got the holidays coming up, and that is a very busy and stressful time for a lot of people. It gets lost. Early signing day gets lost amongst a bunch of stuff. But what is going on today? This isn't the best day because Tom Brady retired, but generally speaking, the first Wednesday in February, what's happening? What's going on in sports? College basketball is just now kind of starting to pick up, but the money month for college basketball is next month. There's no NFL football this week. The NBA is in the middle of their slog of a regular season. There's nothing. But college football fans today had nothing to engage with. But if signing day was today, where you got all of your players to come at once, to you're right. It's the best day because it's Women's and Sports Day. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that'll, that'll be the first Wednesday of February in perpetuity. If it is, then at least there's something to celebrate on this day. Uh, you are right. 
If everything happened on this day, though, if all of the players signed on this day, a college football fan, in my opinion, based on my interaction with people and all that, would be more apt to want to learn more about these players. You give yourself another month of college football for fans to engage with your team and care about your team and be excited about your team and learn about the players coming in. And you have you go back to having those big signing day lunches where they slap the names up on the board and all the donors go crazy. And, and all of that stuff gets to happen when nothing else is going on. When nothing else is going on. It's the perfect spot. Chase, you're right. It is the perfect spot. The off week before the F- Super Bowl is the perfect week for college football to to dominate, to, to be forward in our minds. But there are so many fans that back in December when signing day happened did not give the same energy that they would have today. So college football needs to take a playbook out of the NFL. Give the fans more things to engage with when the games aren't being played because it's getting harder to connect with your team and there are a lot of changes going on and some people don't like change and it makes people uncomfortable. Signing day doesn't make people uncomfortable. If you lose a bunch of players, sure. But if you are adding 25 guys to your roster today, if you're adding 25 guys to your roster today, it would be a day filled with optimism and everything. It said it was just a dud. So that's my spiel. Signing day needs to be a thing uh, again because it would help get people to engage with your team again. So there you go. A change that needs to happen on National Signing Day. This podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Conveniently manage all of your accounts on Priority One Bank from anywhere you have internet access. Their online banking and bill pay service lets you do more than just check your balance. You can also transfer funds, make payments, set alerts, and more with Priority One Bank. Uh, 16 locations conveniently scattered across the state of Mississippi. I use Priority One Bank. You should as well. They've also got loan servicing options and things like that. Priority One Bank. Uh, I will be, like I said last week or last episode, I will be using them soon for a uh, specific loan that I will be acquiring myself, and I'll be doing that at Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you, like they're making me, their priority. All right. Um, Lane Kiffin spoke, and, and it's long. I'm going to play it for you. I, I'll, I'll play it for you at the end because I know some people like the press conference audio. Some people don't. So I'll play it for you at the end. Uh, but there is a couple interesting things. He doesn't really talk about the current recruiting class, makes reference to the fact that they're still going to add players in May. Uh, talked about the quarterback position where he really didn't say anything, just how you know his job as a coach is to build the best roster that he can build, and the quarterback room is much better than it was last year, and that's objectively true. But didn't really actually talk about the dynamic between Jackson and, and Sanders or anything like that. I didn't expect that, but you'll hear it. Um, Talked about Quinshawn Judkins still being recruited. Is uh, is Judkins still being recruited despite not ever being in the portal and also signing an NIL deal? People are still coming after him. That um, that is an an ugly side of what's going on right now, and and they need to figure out how to stop stuff like that. When you're not in the portal and you're being recruited, I know 
you have to do it. It's part of the deal because if you're not doing it, you're getting left behind, but they need to find a way to end that because that just sucks for uh, a lot of reasons. But um, there, there's a lot of big picture stuff here with uh, with Lane Kiffin. And it's really interesting, uh, I think, uh, for a lot of ways. Uh, he seems to have embraced the chaos while also pointing out that he doesn't like it. You know what I mean? It's He's not complaining. He's more or less pointing out that, hey, the system sucks. I'm going to try my best to take advantage of it while it sucks, but the system sucks and they need to dial some stuff back. It's it's really good. But if you're looking for insight on Ole Miss assignees, if you're looking for insight on DJ Holmes and uh, uh, Chamberlain Campbell, then you're not going to get it in this press conference. But it's actually pretty interesting stuff here from, uh, from Lane Kiffin uh, talking yesterday with the media. It's about 17 minutes long, so it's a long one. But I do think that it's interesting uh, talking about his quarterback room, talking about Judkins still being recruited, uh, free agency and using free agency the way that they do. I uh, was asked about Pete Golding, uh, called Pete Golding a five-star recruit. Uh, so it's good stuff. It's one of the few press conferences that I listened to that I was actually interested in basically the entire time. So that will play that for you now, and that will end the podcast. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Here's Lane Kiffin now talking about signing day, but more about big picture stuff and uh, that'll end it so we'll see you guys on the next one happy signing day that wasn't signing day and i'll talk to you guys again soon you guys have heard me say it before these signing days are not what they used to be um we've already had one press conference on the last um december one so you know certainly seems like almost everybody signs early nowadays so um not a lot of action today. Um, <clears throat> you know, comparable. It'll be interesting to see the percentages when they come out. It feels like it's like 90% sign early now. So, um, you know, signed a few kids today um, to add to the class. Um, it's kind of strange even looking at numbers because, you know, you have the first class, you have this class, and you have transfer portal guys that everybody follows closely and potentially transfer guys that haven't started school so they may not um, be on our list even though we have their papers so um, just kind of some strange rules around that so you know I think this one says 28 or 29 guys on it so you know I think when it's all said and done including the next window that opens up you know that'll well be over 30 players um, again this season so that's kind of the world we live in now um, your rosters are changing. We have a whole new set of issues, um, you know, to deal with as head coaches and coaching staffs that, you know, your roster turns over so much with all these guys leaving, coming in. Um, you know, it does make it challenging, but everybody has the same challenges as far as, you know, culture and, um, you know, creating that just because you have so much movement now. So, uh, we did add some guys today, um, you know, that add to the previous 12 high school kids that were signed, so we are excited about that. And I guess this is our first time really of having the majority of the portal guys uh, able to talk about that. So added a lot of spots there, had some leave like everywhere else around the country. I still think um, much like the year before we had much more significant players come in and go out through the portal 
and I think that's really the challenge now is everybody looks, okay, what portal guys you get? It's really the balance of, okay, you're always going to lose your guys that are done with eligibility or going to the NFL draft. You know, now it's really kind of like the NFL, which we've said we've turned into a professional sport that, you know, as you look at free agency, what did you lose in free agency? What did you get in? So, you know, trying to, to win that battle because you are in a, a day now where nobody's going to keep all their players. Um, it's just too it's too easy for kids to leave, um, you know, and uh, when they don't like something. And so I think eventually we'll see a lot of things cleaned up around this. These are um, a lot of challenges that we talked about when NIL and um, Transfer Portal came out and almost at the same time. And now we are here whatever year it is with both of them combined. So um, we are a professional sport without really, um, you know, a system in place to handle these kids being treated as professionals as far as, um, you know, them, be, them being paid, which is awesome. And I've always said uh, we just don't have a system in place around it with proper windows and contracts and them being employees because, you know, and you got to figure out, do you sign high school kids or portal, and what's the balance there? Because it's great to sign high school kids, but what are the percentages that you're going to keep those kids now? Because as you see around the country, if they don't play good, they leave because they want to go play somewhere. And if they play good, they go because they get bought, you know, to go make more money somewhere. So a ton of challenges there, and hopefully eventually someone fixes, fixes the system and uses some type of pro model that's all over the place in every other professional sport, but but this one. How do you decide which high school guy you take as, as opposed to, you know, electing to pass on him and maybe evaluate him down the road? I mean, is it whether a guy can play right away or you think he can play in within year two? Or how do you, how do you sort of make that evaluation? Yeah, I think it's just got really complicated um, – and it might be easier sometimes if you just don't, you know, look at analytics and, you know, try to figure it all out and just say, okay, hey, that guy's a good player, we'll take him. But I think now, at least my opinion, you have to look at everything. Where's the guy from? You know, what's his personality? Is he the type that, you know, is more apt to transfer? You know, you got to weigh in all those things um, that come with it. And you're just in a strange time because eventually when that guy plays good, you have to recruit him to stay. I mean, we're when a window closes and we don't lose significant players, you know, in a window, it's like we're celebrating keeping our own players that weren't even in the portal. We're just keeping them from, you know, going other places because it is a constant battle. Um, and I know other coaches have the same problem. We obviously talk. And, you know, you have a great player like Quinshawn. You know, he's one of the most – recruited players in the country over the last few months. So that's very challenging and exciting, which sounds crazy when the window closes that he's still here. Because um, you've seen other very significant players around the country, you know, moving. And it's just unfortunate, you know, when you talk to these coaches and this, you know, the kids come into them and say, hey, I'm going into the portal. Okay, well, what are your plan plans? Well, I already know where I'm going and I know how much money I'm making. You know, the deals are already done. So... Um, that really hasn't been the case for us, but I know, um, and it's been written about, you know, some 
issues of very significant players around the country, you know, being bought away. And that just needs to somehow be fixed um, and create a real free agency. You've had a couple of years, now everybody has, of this kind of new world cycle. And you've touched on a lot in some of your stories already, but is there a way to now kind of map it out and have a strategy, or is it like it's going to be fluid every year? It won't be like it was the year before, even in recruiting with NIL and the transfer portal. Yeah, I think until someone, you know, takes a hold and fixes it, you know, you're going to have these constant issues. Um, and, you know, as you guys know, I don't give coach speak, so I kind of come up here, and I think a lot of people appreciate that because I get a lot of messages from people, fans, especially the media, that appreciate, hey, we know when your press conference comes, you're going to tell us what's really going on out there. And you, like I've said before, you have free agency without really proper windows, um, you know, and you have pay for play. I mean, you know, I don't think it's any secret that what the NIL was <clears throat> intended to be and if you had awareness, you would know it was never going to happen that way. The way they set it up is it's it's pay for play. And how much money do kids get to go places? Um, and if I transfer and go there, how much am I going to get versus how much if I stay? Um, so it's, it's very challenging. Um, and, you know, it just feels like you're in a constant battle of you're in the middle of recruiting like you always were, and then you're recruiting your own kids in the – you know, out there you would think it's you're recruiting your kids once they go in the portal to say, no, it's not. You're recruiting your kids not to go in the portal because they're being recruited, um, especially the significant young players. Um, and the value of a young player that you can come take, like Quinchon, <clears throat> is more valuable than the great high school player because now he can't leave again. So now they're, you know, actually recruiting even more or significant you know, money um, being offered to someone like Quinshawn because now you have him for the next two years, um, no matter what, really. And <clears throat> they can't leave you. So it's very complicated. A couple of transfer quarterbacks, including uh, Spencer Sanders, the guy who's really experienced. Can you kind of take us through the decision to bring in those two guys? And uh, is this an open quarterback battle again? Yeah, I'm very excited about the quarterback room. Um, I was very concerned about it. Um, from just pure numbers, you guys could figure that out. Um, and, and my job is to put together the best roster every year. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we were we had a chance to bring these two guys in. I think Jackson did a lot of great things last year. I think Jackson, I know Jackson, if you think about when he initially played versus the middle and end, dramatically improved um, for a young quarterback. We're very excited about um, him continuing that. And we were able to add two guys, one more of a veteran, kind of if you look at the NFL model, you know, a veteran free agent quarterback and then a, a really young one, um, more of a draft pick. So uh, the quarterback room is dramatically in a much better position than it was a year ago, and that's really our goal with our whole roster and every position every year is continue to improve it like we talked about what goes out versus what comes in um, in trying to win that battle. So. Uh, that that'll be very exciting to see those guys um, develop, and to also you know work with the young one too. I know it's impossible to give a number on this, but when you look ahead to the next window in May, is there kind of an idea in your mind of how many more guys you'll be bringing in at that point out of the portal? I, I don't know. 
again, there is no way to map out a plan anymore exactly of what you're going to do because there's too many variables. You've got multiple windows of free agency. Um, now the SEC to SEC window's closed, but everything else isn't. So you can say, well, here's what we have, so here's what we need. But then you, you're going to lose some of your own again, too. So you don't know that. And like I said, you're going to have surprises in this. It's not just going to be what it used to be. Okay, here's your disgruntled players that <clears throat> they're not playing very much. They were a highly recruited player. So we all know, okay, they're going to go transfer. And I said this at the beginning of it. This is going to go the other way. You're going to have really good players play well and actually be happy where they're at, but they're going to get offered to go make more money. Or they're going to, what they have now is a chance to opt into free agency, which why would anybody not do that? See what's out there, um, you know, to make more money. So um, that's what's happened. And, um, and a lot of People get to the parents, not just the kids. So, you know, you're trying to protect your own kids and talk to them why they should stay. And then all of a sudden, you know, <clears throat> these other schools get a parent. So this is a constant battle. And I don't know how to do the numbers part of it and say, okay, <clears throat> after spring, this is what we need because we'll, I think the analytics are going to show you're going to lose more. What is, I guess, given everything you just talked about, I mean, how hard is it to get to 85 when you have that kind of a hard cap? Is that something that needs to be looked at, in your opinion, given the uncertainty that you just described? Yeah, I think before, um, you know, you always had the challenge of figuring out your numbers because you didn't know early on going into your who's going to go to the NFL draft. Well, now you have who's going to go to the draft that you may lose, which was always a good problem to have because it meant they played really well. Now you have this whole other thing, which, again, to say the same thing, your players that aren't playing as much as they want want to leave, and then your good players may want to leave because especially a parent gets involved. So, and there's been documented cases of that nationally where one of the best player on a team, on a very elite team, all of a sudden goes into the portal out of nowhere and he already is going to another very prominent program. Um, so, like I said, you don't have, from the beginning, there is no professional sport that has a setup like this um, because it just, it wouldn't work. Um, it's why they, you know, they have setups and they have windows and they have contracts so players can choose and sign, okay, I'm going to sign a one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year contract. And that's not what any of these are now. May have just answered what I was going to ask. I mean, obviously, in professional sports, they're employees. They yeah. Legally binding contracts. Is that the only solution to take care of the things that you're talking about? I don't get into a lot of that because I can't control that, and no one's going to listen, you know, to coaches on that stuff. So, I don't know that. That has always seemed to me, and I don't study it enough to know the other issues that come with that. Of that, they should be employees because they need contracts because that's what they're doing. They, they have contracts but we don't really want to say they do, but they do. So <clears throat> they need them, and they need to have years on them and um, so that they decide, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. But right now, um, I mean, it's crazy. You have kids go to a place and say, hey, coach, I was really thinking about switching to you, but, you know, I'm just going to stay with this, sign, try it out for a year, and then if I don't really like it, I'll come to you guys a year from now. I mean, just... That's not good. That's not good for 
college sports. That's not good for a kid because, again, now kids go into this, and it's as soon as something doesn't go my way, I leave. And that, that's not how you want kids going into things. And that is going that is an issue, and that's going to be a major issue. Um, and I think you saw that at a national program this year where it started happening in the season when things weren't going well. And kids going, okay, I'm going to usually say take my ball and go home. It's really I'm going to take my money, and I'm going to go to another place and get more. And I'm not mad at the kids. It's They're maximizing this flawed system. So I, I commend them. I don't think we've gotten the chance to talk to you about Coach Golding yet. Um, how did that decision kind of take shape, and, and why is he a good fit? Uh, <clears throat> that was really awesome. There's no, I mean, we're talking about signing day, you know, um, and you guys talk about stars. That's as five star as you can get. Um, and this has nothing to do with that you're beating Alabama and all that. This is a great coach that um, everyone that's worked with him has always said from the beginning, even when he was at smaller places before that, that he was brilliant, upcoming. And um, Coach Saban even talked about it as one of the best interviews he's ever seen um, in the first interview when he interviewed him. So. Um, just a very unusual situation that someone at the top of their game, um, you know, you get to come here. So um, there were, <clears throat> you know, some family things that helped us there with, um, you know, uh, his wife's family from here. And so um, that that was that was great, kind of like in recruiting, there's advantages. So um, we're really excited for them to come, he and his family to be here and, um, you know, to really help us, um, not just on defense schematically, obviously, like he will, but he's been a phenomenal recruiter, too, and one that we've had to go against. You kind of got into it earlier, but more specifically, can you talk about the traits um, you look for in young offensive linemen, uh, like the five in this signing class? Um, I mean, it's all different. <clears throat> you know, center guards, tackles, and what we're looking for. Um, we really like athletic guys, you know, <clears throat> um, that can play multiple positions, um, which there's some of that in this class. Uh, you know that you can always move around, and again, you know you're always going to be in this where people are leaving and coming and going. So, <laughs> the more a the more a player could play multiple positions, even more valuable up there um, because you'll be thin at times. Anything else for coach? All right, guys. Thanks, Have a good week. Thanks. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.